We're here for the first episode of the David Carl Coaches Show, transmitted from the Campus Lounge studio. Campus Lounge located at 701 South University Boulevard, just up the street from DU. And the Pioneers getting started this week with a three-game set in their first week in the pod in Omaha, Nebraska, right out of the gates against North Dakota, Minnesota Duluth, St. Cloud State, Minnesota Duluth, the first one on the docket. My name is Matthew McGreevy. I'll be your host this season. I am joined by the head coach, David Carl in D.C. Good to see you. Good to have you on for another year of the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, great to be here in the campus, the Campus Lounge Studios. And uh, no, we're, we're really excited uh, for the year. We're, we're obviously here in Omaha and um, got in on Sunday night and uh, had a good practice here on Monday and uh, we're, we're going to practice here. We're recording this uh, Tuesday morning, so uh, we're going to practice again here Tuesday before playing our game um, on Wednesday. So we're looking forward to being here. Um, you know, can't wait to get things going against a, a good, uh, tough slate to start. And what this has looked like, we arrived a, a couple nights ago on a bus from Denver on two separate buses because everything has looked a little bit different. The travel has changed, of course. Uh, team had an opportunity to practice yesterday and then as you make mention uh, tomorrow night getting started against Minnesota Duluth and the NCHC getting started today Minnesota Duluth with a game today actually so you have a little bit of a benefit getting to see what that's going to look like for everybody but from your perspective you're one day away now so what do you expect to see on day one? Yeah I mean um, I think everybody's you know it's been eight months for everybody um, everyone's gone through a lot of uh, different challenges and adversity to get to this point um, within each program. And so I, I think there's there's a lot of pent up uh, competitiveness amongst all eight teams. And I think we're going to see um, really competitive hockey from day one. There's likely going to be mistakes um, that happen, you know, especially with, without playing so, so long and, uh, in the intensity that the NCHC offers. But so I think the hockey will get, uh, will get progressively maybe smoother as we go. Um, but there's no doubt that the intensity and the competitiveness, I think will be there, um, from day one, even without fans in the building. I just think that, um, you know, these, these kids are so excited and been chomping at the bit um, to get back on the ice. So we're going to actually go watch um, the Duluth game tonight. The team will come over. Um, we'll watch at least two periods just so that they get a, a feel of, you know, kind of what the atmosphere and the game production and, and such looks like on top of being able to watch um, the opponent that we're playing tomorrow night. So, um, you know, the people here in Omaha, it's been really smooth thus far. And, um, you know, it's, it's a great building. It's a great venue. Uh, I think it's two, three years old. So um, newest building in our league. And um, we're going to be in good hands here logistically and just the amenities that the building has to offer. So um, it's going to be a great first week. We're, we're looking forward to it. Coming into this year, you bring 16 players back. You went 21-9-6 and six last year before the season was ended in March. You were able to extend the Tenzer streak. Um, so, you, so you look at it on paper, and this is a team that brings back a, a good amount of returners. You bring in a pretty impressive crop of freshmen as well, and you add three grad transfers. So do you feel like you are uh, – how, how do you feel like your team is positioned uh, from a, a lineup perspective in terms of having the – experience and having the veteran leadership at a time when leadership maybe has never been more important yeah i mean it um 
you know, it is important, especially um, with all the different challenges and moments of adversity that we face and are sure to face. Um, we're going to need some level headedness to get through that. And, um, you know, understanding that the things will change things. Um, there's going to be moments in time that uh, are completely out of our control this year and, and trying to stay, you know, narrow our focus on um, our process and, and just the day to day of what we can control is going to be really important. And so uh, we do have a large senior class. There is nine of them um, this year. I think that that helps keep a team grounded and, and keeps their focus right. Um, six of them have been in the program, um, you know, from day one and three of them are, are grad transfers. So we're fortunate to be led by Kona Lashevsky, Griffin Mendel, um, and Ryan Barrow wearing letters, but the other, the other three guys in Dreamus, um, Durflinger and Heikinen are, have been through a lot in their careers too. So, um, we'll look to those guys to lead us and, um, you know, the people that we add, like I say, Bo Hansen, uh, comes from St. Lawrence. Um, expect him to play good minutes for us on the back end. Steven Jandrick was an all WCHA player last year from Fairbanks um, that, that has played against us uh, the last two years and expect him to come in and, and play important minutes five on five and on the power play. And then Kaspersky in goal, we were able to add from a double major from Yale that uh, we appealed to get an extra year of eligibility uh, for him based on some some extenuating circumstances his freshman year. So uh, we like our depth in all three positions and the, the young guys that we add with uh, Savoy Webster Capone up front. Um, Savvy's got some some shades of Nicky Borgstrom to him with the way he releases the puck and some of the creativity that he has to his game. Um, so that's exciting for us as coaches and exciting for our fans. and. Uh, Webster and Capone come two years out of the USHL. They've been hardened and uh, very competitive guys that, that have some some tools and some skills to them as well. And um, on the back end, Michael Benning and uh, Reed Irwin were teammates of Savoy up in Sherwood Park last year. Benning won uh, CJHL Defenseman of the Year, has a great brain. Uh, we'll look to him to, to be on our power play um, and, and provide some key minutes there. Antti Tuomisto, um, as well on our back end is, is a second round pick from Detroit um, who joins us as a freshman. He'll, we'll see him five on five, power play, PK, big rangy defenseman, great kid. Um, and then in goal, Jack Caruso um, joins us as well, who's, who's going to provide some depth and um, a great quality young man that, that we're excited to have be a part of our program. So, um, you know, it's a lot, but uh, we're excited about the group that we have. We're very confident in the group we have um, to be led from the top down. And uh, I think the new guys will, will add their own spins and, and identity to the group as well. So um, nothing better than to play 10 games in 18 nights to kind of see what we have and what we're made of here. You touched briefly on on the captains, uh, Cohen Olszewski and the alternates, Griffin Mendel. And Ryan Barrow. And I'm curious what goes into that decision. Is that something where you leave it up to a team vote and you tally all the votes and you say he got the most, he's the captain? Is that something where the staff has a lot of influence? How long does that process take and, and what does that look like? And then going through this year, what made Cohen Olszewski the right decision? Yeah, um, it's a great question. I mean, it kind of varies year to year. I'm trying to think this year with we sent everybody to home on March 13th. Um, 
you know, Mitchie signed, I believe, in sometime in mid-April uh, to late April. So, you know, if he's back, he's our captain. And and once Mitchie left, I, I think we had a good handle. I mean, a lot of times we will ask the the players for some of their feedback and input. Um, this year we, we did not. Um, we felt pretty strongly about the three guys that we named. And, um, you know, but what goes into that is um, – you know, we look to people that we believe um, are doing the right things away from the rink that uh, that are respected and looked up to by their teammates. Um, I think what makes uh, particularly Cohen um, a good leader for this team is the adversity that he's been through in his career. Um, things haven't been easy for him. I mean, he's he's been healthy scratched um, in his first two years. He's had tough meetings. He understands and has had to change um, maybe a little bit of what his personal expectations were and sacrifice that for for the good of the team. And so I think that's a really important um, thing to learn is just how to get through adversity, how to become selfless. And Cohen has gone through that um, in a big way. And so I think that that allows him to have the respect of his teammates and to be able to lead um, from his experience. And he does a great job connecting with his teammates. That would be the other thing. Um, that makes him special to lead in this challenging time is um, his teammates, I think, have the comfort level to come to him and um, and to ask him questions, to, to lean on him for guidance. And um, I just think that that's vitally important um, in, the, in the current times that we're in with the pandemic. You talk about the growth of, of players over the course of their career and how encountering adversity can shape them into the players and leaders they become. And I wanted to ask a specific situation. You mentioned Cohen Olszewski was scratched twice in his first two years. I believe there was a game in his freshman year, and it would have been, of course, Ryan Barrow's freshman year, where they were both scratched. And at that time, they had been in the lineup quite a bit. I want to say it was at St. Cloud, so correct me if I'm wrong. But it seems like maybe after that point, that was was the turning point for the two. Do you... Do you remember that, and, and do you see it the same way? Yeah, I, I do think that that was a turning point for them. It was it was their sophomore years, um, not their freshman years. But um, regardless, it was it was a big moment I think for both of them. Um, I want to. It was our first road trip of the year. Um, their sophomore year, we went up um, to St. Cloud. I think we were. Uh, gosh, we were maybe the number four, number five team in the country. They were the number one team in the country. We were, you know, real young team. That year, nobody thought we'd even make the tournament. We went to the Frozen Four. Um, but that was our first moment of adversity, really. Um, you know, Friday night, we lost. Um, Cohen and Ryan um, did not did not play great. Um, they weren't the only ones, but we felt like they were really veering from their identities as a player to be as players to be able to give us a chance to have success. And um, you know, and, and they had had meetings um, prior to, and things were slipping. It's kind of a point where the rubber hits the road, and um, we wanted them to have an opportunity to watch a game to to be able to reflect and and to think about um, and to watch from up top because they hadn't sat out a game um, in a real long time. And so I think that that was, um, I do believe that that was a turning point for them. And since then they, they've been really consistent in the value that they add to our team, the consistency that they add 
um, to our team with their day to day. And um, I think it's turned them into to really good leaders uh, for our group because a lot of the guys that are on the team, particularly in their class, and obviously the guys below them saw that moment and they saw how they responded. And I think you gain um, the respect of your peers when you face adversity um, head on and you come out the other side better for it. And um, so that that's what I, I think that moment really, I think solidified um, their standing within the program uh, to their teammates and um, gave themselves an opportunity to be great leaders that, that they are today and um, leading this team through through a pandemic. I mean, it's it's like nothing any of us have ever seen. And I think they've done a great job um, keeping this team level headed and, and on the straight and narrow and, and focus on getting better every day because 11 weeks of practice, what we've been in hasn't been easy. And I can honestly say that um, upwards of 95% of our practices um, have been really good uh, during the pandemic and, and coming back. And uh, you don't get that without good leadership uh, within the room, um, you know. And so it, I think a lot of credit goes to those two guys. You're listening to the David Carl Coaches Show brought to you from the Campus Lounge studio. Campus Lounge located at 701 South University Boulevard. My name is Matthew McGreevy joined alongside the head coach, David Carl. And we talk about the the adversity and, and <clears throat> so much of that comes when, when you face that adversity it seems like this program the players the staff they always go back to what makes it work for Denver hockey in this pod I have a feeling there's going to be moments of adversity that you're going to face right out of the gate how important is it to to go back to those those core principles and what are those core principles that you're really going to to hone in on and say if you remember maybe maybe three things that I say these are take this yeah. Um, no, you're right. I mean, it's it's 10 games and in 18 nights and in the best conference in college hockey. And so um, there, there is going to be adversity. And, and truthfully, we want there to be adversity. I think adversity is always an opportunity, like we talked about with Ryan and Cohen. If they don't have that moment of, of adversity and they're just able to continue on um, with some poor habits, maybe those things build and they aren't what they are today. And so um, it, I think it's really good and really healthy to have moments of, of uh, tribulation and, and adversity. So we fully expect that to happen in the bubble. Um, I'm excited for that because we're going to learn about our team and we're going to learn how we respond to things. And um, I think for us, it'll, it will come back to um, our effort level, our preparation, and um, that that's going to guide us um, game in and game out. And, and the last thing would be controlling what we can. And and um, so th those are going to be really important, I, I think, is keeping us grounded as we go through things and, and kind of falling back on as a group. And um, we're going to have lots of time to talk about those things. And and I think to to kind of get us back onto the straight and narrow as, as adversity does come. And speaking of that ability to adapt, you've already had to do that a little bit just yesterday. The the practice time got, got slid back. Of course, Colorado College's delayed departure to the pod has impacted a lot of school schedules. Fortunately, DU didn't suffer much of a change beyond maybe 
uh, a time change here or there. But even so, uh, looking forward to the pod, no doubt about it. This is the David Carl Coaches Show presented from the Campus Lounge Studio, Campus Lounge at 701 South University Boulevard. When we return, we'll get a little into what things are looking like right now and what operations for Denver hockey look like from Omaha, Nebraska for the 10-game pod. We'll be back in a minute. DU Hockey fans, stop by Campus Lounge, legendary DU Hockey Bar and home of the David Carl Coaches Show. Take advantage of daily food and drink specials along with 12 TVs, a large outdoor seating area, and a great selection of food and drinks. Located just north of campus on University Boulevard, Campus Lounge is an official watch party location for your pioneers and has got you covered for all DU athletics. Be sure to follow us on social media and go Pios. Let's just try not to embarrass ourselves and everything will be fine. Is that a Pepsi Wild Cherry? Oh, no. <laughs> Too late. You know something, Steve? Flavor Mania is about to run wild. Oh, no, not Flavor Mania. <laughs> Pepsi Wild Cherry is about to drop a flavor suplex right into your pie hole. Not the pie it's going to hit your taste buds with a top rope elbow of flavor. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be refreshing. It's going to. Does this always have to happen when you drink Pepsi Wild Cherry? You better believe it, brother. Pepsi Wild Cherry, now available in zero sugar. That's what I like. We're back from the Campus Lounge studio for the David Carl Coaches Show. Matthew McGreevy joined alongside the Denver Hockey head coach, David Carl, as the Pioneers get set to start the 2020-2021 season in the pod, in the NCHC pod, as they're calling it, similar to the NHL bubble that they were able to pull off and the Pioneers getting started against Minnesota, Duluth, North Dakota, and St. Cloud State, the first three games right out of the gate. How's that for a preseason? There's not much dipping your dipping your toe in the water here. Uh, we come to you from the Campus Lounge studio, which looks a lot like the hotel rooms that we have all been stuck in here in Omaha and DC. I wanted to ask what the difference, how, how has this changed for you? And maybe you don't know the answer to that yet, but you're going to have back-to-back games. You're only going to have two instances where you have two days without a game between games are are you going to have to change your your structure and systems a bit to adapt to this um yeah i mean it it is different animal that we've ever faced um i don't foresee us changing like how we play per se um in any way we're going to try and play the same way i think um our biggest job as a staff is managing uh, managing emotions, managing the ups and downs, managing rest and energy levels. Um, you know, like it, there's going to be a lot of decisions around, do we practice on the off day? Do we not practice on the off day? But do we need to get out of the hotel because we've been stuck in a hotel? Um, and so maybe we need to change the scenery to go to the rink and get on the ice. And so it's just going to be a lot of, um, I think, day-to-day managing the 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 schedule and getting feedback um obviously from our leadership group and but that's going to be the challenge for for our staff um is is i think managing the rest in the energy levels amongst our team um we're fortunate to to have you know people that have that were a part of the nhl bubble um, people that are in the NHL that that are more used to this schedule of playing uh, different opponents on different nights and playing every other night and um, you know so I 
I've drawn on, you know, that insight and their experiences to try and help guide us here a little bit so that we aren't um, completely flying in the dark, not knowing what to expect or, or not knowing how to manage things or just doing a one size fits all for every day and every week. Um, I think things are going to be really fluid and we're going to have to do a good job as a staff of reading off the team and, and what their needs are so that um, we can have the energy and the purpose every night when we do put on the skates and put on um, the crimson and white sweaters um, to be playing at our best. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing um, is that our bodies and our minds are feeling good um, when we put on the bright lights um, playing playing the hockey games. We're, we've had 11 weeks to practice. Um, I guess the uh, the hay is in the barn, as they say, and um, it's now managing and trying to keep it on the rails to, so that we can uh, put our best foot forward on uh, on game nights here in the pod. You alluded to reaching out to some people that had been in the NHL pod, and there is an opportunity for players in this current Denver team to talk with some of those NHLers that were in the pod or in their bubble rather and and get that experience what were those calls like uh were guys pretty active were they asking a lot of questions yeah it was um we had we had Paul Stasny come on uh one day uh who spent uh his time in the bubble with Vegas and we felt it be important that he communicate to our players you know from a player perspective um some of those uh, some things that worked, some things that didn't work, and uh, I thought that was that was really beneficial. He spent probably thirty-five um, to forty-five minutes with our players, uh, answering questions for them and talking to them about about his experience in in the bubble. And I think that that uh, our players are great. They they asked lots of questions, and Paul gave a lot of really good insights uh, for them to just managing. Again, their their emotion, their their energy levels, their their minds more than anything. It's more of a mental battle um, here in in this situation than anything else. Of you know being cut off a bit from the outside world and, and trying to find ways to take advantage of that. Um, you know, do you do you get in touch with um, you know some old friends, with your grandparents, uh, obviously with your teammates? It's um, trying to find different ways is it reading a book um you know trying to find different ways to keep your mind occupied because it is so hockey driven but in our day-to-day lives we have the opportunity um to get away from the rink and here you really you're inundated with it and so it's important to to try and get away from it a little bit and then um Derek Lalonde uh assistant coach with Tampa um came on as well who is an assistant coach here at Denver um actually I worked for him in Green Bay as well, um, starting my coaching career. And um, Derek came on and kind of gave the coaches uh, perspective of of what really worked well for their team. And um, the biggest thing I would say he talked about was just having a sense of gratitude that they had the opportunity to um, do something they love. There's there's many in this pandemic, and obviously we feel the same way that have, that have sacrificed much more um, in a many uh, tougher ways than we have. Um, we, we are really lucky to be here, um, to be able to get to play the game that we love and to have an opportunity to play uh, some meaningful hockey games. Not only in the hockey world is this not happening, but in, in real life, um, there's many that have, that have sacrificed much more than we have. So Thought it was really good messages from from both of them. We're, we're real fortunate to have, um, you know, a network of people that 
that are in the NHL that were exposed to that and uh, that they'd be willing to share their insights with our with our current players. So I think it'll bode well and, um, you know, I think it'll help our guys as we, as we face this challenge. We've we've mentioned it a couple times already today, but but it goes without saying that that challenge comes right away with the with the competition in the NCHC and, and having that conference only schedule. Um, Minnesota Duluth, two time defending champions, not counting the year that wasn't played last year, um, they are expected to be. A formidable opponent yet again, North Dakota, a team that is positioned to have um, perhaps their best year in, in many years. And St. Cloud, a team that had a lot of younger players last year and, and probably by many accounts exceeded expectations. And now I think those expectations are probably a little more aligned where they should be. So you have those three games right out of the gate. So what, what do you need to get done? What are the keys um, to get get off to a good start? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest, uh, you know, thing is is focusing, again, on the here and now and what we can control and uh, focusing on Duluth um, first and foremost. And, and really, but that starts with our practice today, um, is making sure we have a good practice, that our energy and our execution is good, um, and giving ourselves a chance to, to feel good going into the game. But... Um, in this league, there there's so many good opponents. I think, you know, you can get caught up in the schedule of who's coming next. I think it's going to be really important that we stay grounded in the day-to-day and, and we focus on Duluth. But we are on a radio show and we are previewing the week. So um, Duluth is is going to be a real good hockey team. Their forward group is arguably the best in, in, in the conference. They lose a lot on their back end with Wolf, Pernovich, and Sandberg all gone. Shepard's gone in net. Um, so they have competition. Um, and new faces in those positions. So it'll be our job to um, try and take advantage of that and, and, and to challenge those guys and, and make life hard on them. Uh, North Dakota, uh, we know them. Uh, they, don't, they don't have a ton of turnover off of last year's group and uh, felt like we, we played them real tough last year. Um, the, the results weren't what we wanted, um, but we feel like we've we've made improvements in the off season, and um, we're we're excited for the challenge of, of playing them twice in I think the first four games here, um, and then St. Cloud State, uh, like you said, you know had a ton of freshmen last year, and um, they're always an interesting team. Play typically a little bit different than everybody else, and. Um, We'll play them on a back-to-back coming off of uh, the North Dakota game. And, um, you know, it's just every every team's going to be good. It's going to be different challenges. A lot of it's going to be on the internal and us controlling what we can and, and how we play. And if we handle those things, it's, it's not going to be as much about in um, – game-to-game adjustments of tactics and such. It's going to be like we kind of talked about earlier on. It's going to be managing energy levels so that the guys are feeling good and and can play to their best physically and mentally. Um, And if we can manage that well, I think uh, we're confident in our lineup um, to be able to go out and have success against anybody. Now, I know that typically, and well, I guess at all times, it's always that you're worried about yourself. You're worried about your own game, playing your own game, not what anyone else is doing. But North Dakota is Denver's biggest rival, and they have been talked about quite a bit this offseason as a team that is expected to make a a deep run to the NCAA tournament. Does that give a little more fire fire in the belly for you, uh, for the team, to know that your rival is getting talked about a little bit and, and maybe you're not as much? 
Um, I don't know. It's I think it's pretty. Uh, uh, it's kind of standard um, to be truthful. I mean, we we, we have a great um, a great following. We're very fortunate with our fan base um, in the in the Denver market, and um, but I think in the the landscape of college hockey, um, you know, I think people are so used to and accustomed to Denver just kind of being there um, year in and year out, and it, it's a little bit more fun to talk about Michigan's resurgence or North Dakota's. Uh, power team or BC's resurgence. Um, it's all noise. Um, you know, we're focused on our consistency and 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 doing things the right way um, year in and year out. And that starts with focusing on the day to day and really getting things and narrowing our focus to smaller things. And um, yeah, North Dakota's got a good hockey team. Um, they're not the only good team in the country. And um, and we feel that we're one of the top teams in the country as well. So they're. Uh, we always talk about North Dakotas and you need, you need, you do need rivalries. You need other great teams to play because it helps elevate yourselves. And, um, we think that they're a great opponent because they help push us. And I think we help push them, um, to really be better than, than if we weren't playing each other. So we, we love the rivalry. Um, we love to hate them. Uh, I hate the color green. I told you not a lot of ring your green <laughs> pants to the, to the bubble. So, um, no, it's, uh, it's all good. We're really looking forward to playing them. And um, there, there's a lot of motivation and fire for anybody that we play, but certainly with them. Fourth in the country for Denver coming into game one in the pod, which happens tonight, this Wednesday night against Minnesota Duluth. So that'll do it for the first episode of the David Carl Coaches Show brought to you from the Campus Lounge studio. Campus Lounge located at 701 South University Boulevard, D.C., Thank you so much for the time. Looking forward to getting started. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in. We're looking forward to playing in front of everybody um, on NCHC TV and Altitude. And um, the boys are fired up and they're ready to get going. And a quick programming note where you can catch those games. Wednesday's game tonight will be right here on ESPN Denver 1600. And we'll be back on ESPN Denver 1600 on Friday, December 4th. And then the day after that, a back-to-back on December 5th against St. Cloud State. That game will be on 104.3 The Fan. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Let me tell you a thing or two about the people who don't compromise. They love Pepsi Zero Sugar. Why? Because it's got all the flavor and zero the sugar. How's that for not compromising? They're the sort of person that likes surf with their turf. And the drink with their feast? Yeah, they have a Pepsi Zero Sugar. The person who doesn't compromise loves a good golden doodle. All the golden retriever goodness with just a hint of doodle. And when they're bringing said golden doodle for a walk... They bring a Pepsi Zero Sugar. Zero Sugar, done right. That's what I like. KEPN Lakewood, Denver. KKFN HD2 Longmont, Denver. A Bonneville station. ESPN Denver 1600. Streaming live at ESPNDenver.com.